But the thing that initially came to my mind today as I was preparing for this time of family prayer is how much God calls young people into his service. God does this where, where kids are growing up, they become teenagers, and God absolutely calls them into serving him for a lifetime. And I've got a number of friends and I've seen a number of kids where this has happened. They've just, God has so captured their thoughts and their imagination that they've begun to serve him and now they're in ministry. We have a student right now um, who's in ministry in Wyoming um, who came through our youth group. We have other students who um, are helping serve um, in, in more social capacities like in homeless shelters and things like that. And and it's because God gets a hold of them at a young age. So investing in students is a huge deal. And I thank all of you for doing that. And um, we'll continue to do that as a church because we think it's just so important. So I'd like to bring up um, our people who are going to pray. And they're going to um, pray over a couple of different things for us. Where are they? Are, are you too? Okay, great. Come on up. Um, so there's much to pray about. And I'm going to go over a couple of things, and then I'm going to have um, these guys pray, and then I'll finish it, I'll finish it out, okay? All right? Um, so a couple of things that, just as a reminder, that we all as a community need to be in prayer for, and also uh, Nora and Paul, would you guys go over to the side, and if there's any special personal prayer requests, Pastor Nora, I mean, Pastor Paul and Nora, I mean, I guess that's appropriate to say Pastor Nora, um, are over there in the corner, and they would take individual prayer requests. Um, we want to... Be in prayer for Diana Williams. Um, they've got a uh, they got that tumor out, and it's too small for concern. But there's still more tests. There's a nuclear test that she has to take. Um, that's coming up um, this week. I visited um, with Ed Unruh, and still they're asking for no visitors. Um, however, if you were to get a card into the office, we have his address, so we can get that card to him. He could really use the encouragement. We want to continue to be in prayer for Bob O'Neill's cousin's wife. Um, for the surgery there, for Nora's co-worker, Andrew, um, for Gloria Jensen's daughter, Carol. Um, there's just a number of things. The healing service this next week, uh, we're going to have Devin Adams here, and we're going to be going over that whole story. And it's just an incredible story. I spent some time with them this week. You're not going to want to miss that. And uh, in fact, you might want to come here early to get a seat because we're projecting that there will be no seats. So come here early for that. Um, and we simply want to be in prayer for God transforming lives in, with his kingdom in our church. We want to see the kingdom of God become totally unavoidable in our lives, and we just want to continue to pray, pray that direction. So um, let's begin to pray. Nick, will you start us in, in a word of prayer? Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, can you please help all the kids that need food, God, could you give them food? Keep our soldiers fight and fighting peacefully. Amen. Lord, can you please help the help the help, healing service next week and making it a success and just teaching everybody about healing. God, we thank you for students. God, we thank you that you call kids into your service. Lord, I remember Samuel, Timothy, these names throughout Scripture, Josiah, people who were just young children, 12 years of age, 
and yet you called them to lead nations. You called them to teach people. You called them to lead. And God, today we're confronted with some of these students. So Lord, we pray for the students of our youth ministry right now. We just ask that you would bless them, you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them. And God, that you would call some of them to your ministry. God, we pray that you'd call all of them to your ministry. Father, that you would so encapture their hearts that their lives would always be changed as a result of what you're doing. Father, we pray for the kingdom of God to become unavoidable in their lives and in ours. Father, this morning we remember Diana Williams and we just ask that you would be with her. God, that you would guide and direct and lead those doctors in the direction towards healing. Father, um, we pray for Ed Unruh. We just ask that you would be with him and God, that you would comfort him, that you would lift his spirits. And Lord, that you would... um, just speak into his life continually, even as even right now, right where he's at, laying in his hospital bed. Father, for Bob O'Neill's and the O'Neills, we just pray for their cousin Cindy. Lord, we just ask that she would be healed, and God, that you would continue to do a great work in her. Father, for Nora's co-worker Andrew, we just pray that you would be with him and that you would um, heal his sickness as well, and God, that you would... Uh, that you would just continue to be Lord over these situations. Father, for uh, the healing service this next week, God, we don't ask for healing for our own glory, but Father, we ask for healing for yours, and God will give you all of it. And so as we think about Devin, as we think about Marlia, as we think about what will all happen next week, Lord, we just ask that you would powerfully speak into that. God, that you would powerfully heal people, that you would change lives right here in this place. And God, that you would speak so powerfully that people would come to know you in a mighty way. So God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for these students. We thank you for those who are leading those students, all of our youth volunteers and for Pastor Matt. God, and we ask that you would um, continue to speak to us through this service today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand for the remainder of God's word. Mark 2, 23 and 28. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the green fields, and has, as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The, fra- the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread which which is lawful only for priests to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And he said to them, The Sabbath was also made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Please add a blessing through God's word. You may be seated. Yeah. 
it's me. Um, I gotta, I gotta say, say, we're in the back, and the drummer Steve said, Monroe's face. I'm just happy to be here. That's me. So I just want to start with that. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, come before you, Lord, just asking for your grace and your love. Help us to be receiving of your word, and Lord, bless this message. Help to be a message that you guide. That's all about you and your loving name. Amen. Sabbath. What's it all about? Seems like an old school term, doesn't it? An old word. And I'm switching mics because that's going to get awfully annoying, isn't it? Is this better? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sabbath is, it seems like an old term. It seems like something that we don't talk about very often in church. At least I know I don't hear it often enough. I'm a youth pastor. Youth and young adults... We don't talk about rest often enough. Most of us don't. Yet, it's a topic between Jesus and the Pharisees in our text today in Mark, which comes from chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. We find Jesus, as usual, being confronted by these Pharisees, challenging what Jesus and his disciples are doing. The disciples are picking grain on the, fair, on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some of the heads of grain. The Pharisee said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Unlawful on the Sabbath. It's an Old Testament concept in some ways. We see the two, two of the biggest references to Sabbath come in Exodus and Deuteronomy. In both cases, they are commandments for those that are believers in God. But there's a very distinct difference between the Exodus and Deuteronomy references in the commandments in between the Exodus and Deuteronomy versions. And that is the reason we're supposed to do it. But they're both important, so I'm mentioning them both today. In Exodus, after the Lord says, uh, six days you shall labor and, in your, and, and do all your work, and on the seventh day uh, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your animals, nor, your, nor, nor the aliens to the land are within your gates. Then this is the, the important line. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Directly linked to the creation. Directly linked to our creator. And as we were all created, directly linked to us. All of us. Everyone's incorporated in this gift, this thing called Sabbath. This thing called rest. It's for everyone. And, again, creation. That's what you need to connect to there is the creation. It was created. It wasn't something that, that was just there that was assumed. The Lord made the intent on showing and demonstrating the Sabbath within the creation. Then in Deuteronomy, the, the reason for 
celebrating the Sabbath is very different. So that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is a response here. A remembrance of the covenant and the fact that these people of God were brought out of slavery, brought out of brokenness and hurt out of Egypt. The Sabbath is a celebration of that, a recognition. And, you know, for us, let's put it in today's context. This whole idea of taking an entire day off of work, doing things, being productive, it's not in our nature, is it? It's not something that we want to do. I don't, I don't, I need to constantly be doing things. I want to be getting stuff done. I, that, this is why this message today was so just deep in my heart and why I'm focusing on Sabbath right now is because you're looking at a guy that is finishing graduate school and is constantly panicking about everything. I'm trying to run a youth ministry with an amazing senior pastor that loves to push me. He just loves to push me. But I love him for it. And, and I'm trying to be a good husband in my first almost year of marriage. Love you, baby. <laughs> and on top of other things. Sabbath is something that we, should, we need to embrace because it's something that recognizes us coming out of our slavery, out of our brokenness. An entire day off. Now, if you take an entire day off, and of all the stuff we're always trying to accomplish and trying to get done, you know, talking about students, too, since today is, is the Youth Sunday, these guys are piled with homework, band practice, things going on. Taking a whole day off affects your whole week. Taking a, a day of rest, it affects everything. It makes you have to work harder. It's a true response. It, it, it just takes over your whole week. And, you know, there's some myths about Sabbath. A lot of people, I asked, I asked earlier, it was fun, during a the youth time this morning, I asked, what is Sabbath? And I got, the, I got the two most important answers I was looking for. One of the kids said, a day you go to church. And the other kid said, a day you do nothing. <laughs> and and that's, that is where we kind of take it sometimes. We think of Sabbath as just a moment in time of, or in the week that, you know, go to church and then maybe watch some football if it's football season or go relax at home. Do nothing, you know. But that's not what it is. It's cheapening this gift. Now, I want, I want to make something clear. Within this idea of Sabbath, I want to look at the after-church stuff this morning. But I'm not saying church is not part of your Sabbath day. Two reasons. One, I'd be fired. But second, and most importantly, is church is celebrated through all of Scripture. If I was to start telling you about where church is mentioned in Scripture, we could be here for hours. 
but I want to at least reference a couple of moments in Scripture where Christ even embraced church on Sabbath. In Luke 4.16, it says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was custom for Jesus, and he stood up and read. And then in the times of the early church, during Acts, we see references to church on Sabbath in Acts 13.5, Acts 13.14, Acts 13.42-40, Acts 14.1, Acts 16.13, 17.2, 17.16, Would you like me to read all those? No, I'll take my word for it. Um, it's not that Sabbath does not include church, but what we want to look at is how do we make Sabbath a, a life-altering experience? How do we make it a time that we don't just come to church, get our little message, and go home? What I want everyone to be thinking about this morning is what do we do when we go to lunch with some of our friends after church, when, when we head home and, and put our feet up and know that it's Sunday and relax, where is our heart at? If, if, if Sabbath day was just a day off, then there wouldn't be anything special about it. Has anybody ever had one of those vacations when they come home and they say, I need a vacation from this vacation? My dad said it all the time. (laughs) Or, Or have you ever noticed at the office, if you work on Monday... Everyone on Friday goes, yay, it's the weekend. And then they come home on Monday and they're like this. They're just exhausted and they're saying, man, am I glad to be back here. I am no good on my own. I did steal that joke from Bill Cosby. Because it's true. We get, we, get back to, we get back to the office and we have our days off. And yet, I, sometimes I'm wiped out from my weekends. So Sabbath is not just a day off. Because it's a day that's supposed to change us. It's a practice that's supposed to to keep us healthy with Christ. So Jesus continues. After he's been kind of pointed out by the Pharisees, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is unlawful for only, which is which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Jesus is referencing a little moment with David in 1 Samuel twenty-one six here, and and David's on a little secret mission. I'll keep it at that for right now. He's he's on a little project right now, and he's got some men that they're all hungry, and and he. He goes to the temple, and he, he, finds, he finds this priest, Abathar, and he's like, I'm hungry. I need some food. Abathar goes, I got nothing except for the holy bread, you know? And he knows the law. Abathar knows the law, but he also knows I need some compassion here. It's time for some mercy. He grabs the, the bread that is only supposed to be eaten by the priest and gives it to David because he knows they're hungry. 
Okay, so this is Jesus' first reference, and I love, love how Jesus constantly throws Scripture right back at the Pharisees. So cool, you know? Here's these guys talking about the law, and Jesus is taking a text from the same Holy Scriptures and going, nope. Even Abathar knew. It's mercy and heart, not law. That's, that's the key to Sabbath. Jesus is recognizing that. And Jesus is um, finishing off this moment with the Pharisees. He says to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. My intent during this message is not to be beating a dead horse and to sound repetitive. But Jesus just said it, so it's okay. He's reminding us exactly what Exodus said. He's reminding us that the Sabbath was made for us. It's not, it's not something that we are made for. And, and the reason that's important is because when Sabbath starts feeling legalistic, when it starts beating up on your time with God even more than if you were not doing Sabbath, it's not doing what it's intended to be doing. Sabbath is a gift for us. It's not something that's supposed to own us. Now, the hard part to that is some of you might be thinking, well, okay, then it would be, off, it would be a lot more restful for me to do nothing, or, I mean, to, to do some work on Sunday then, than to do nothing, because I'll be stressed out, because I lose a day of productivity. But it can happen. I've done it. I had the privilege of taking a class where we had to practice an actual Old Testament-style Sabbath in a class, and the teacher gave us the assignment three months ahead of time because he said, you need to start planning now because to start this practice is a challenge because we had to start thinking about what papers will I have due at the end of that week. What reading assignments will I have? Because we all acknowledge that what Sabbath is for is to bring us closer to Christ. And sometimes school is a distraction. School is one of those things that distracts. And so we needed to, he said, you can't do any schoolwork on this Sunday. And of course it was towards the end of the semester. That was just mean. But but that was the case. We, so we, we had to plan it out. You have to work at it. So that's another part of this Sabbath thing, being a response to God and his grace and love that he showed with his Savior, Jesus Christ, is the Sabbath is a time that we have to work at it, but embrace rest at the same time. It's... Sabbath is an ordained benefit for us. It's something that, that God is giving us. That's what Jesus is saying. Sabbath was made for man. So don't let it control you. He's telling the Pharisees, you're trying to make this Sabbath thing control as law, but that's not how this is supposed to work. This is supposed to be a gift 
They're hungry. If you knew what Sabbath was, you would be showing mercy, and maybe you'd be jumping out in that field giving them food right now. Ouch. You know, Jesus, he is the one that is showing that he has authority on earth to forgive sins at this time. And now he's also the one that's showing authority to demonstrate what, what Sabbath should be for people. It's, it's, he's making a huge statement in this, in this text. If we in this room call Christ to be our Savior, why shouldn't we listen to this message here? That Sabbath is, for us, it's something that we should embrace and rest in. Now, it's getting practical. How can we embrace this Sabbath? When we rest, it gets tough through the week to work, but what's awesome is you'll notice it just so happens that if you practice this rest the right way, more fruit will come out of it. You will, you will be more effective, I promise you, throughout the week. Because it just, it just is so weird how when you're right with God, things in life just, they do fall into place. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light. Right? Amen? Amen. Okay, good. Just seeing if you're awake. Just got to check a little bit. It got quiet in here. Everyone's kind of doing this thing. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus knows that when, when sin happened, when man became broken, one of the curses in Genesis that comes thrown at us is that work is going to be hard. Would everybody in here pretty much agree that work is hard? Yeah, we get tired. We get weary. We get worn down. We get just lethargic maybe just get beat up. But that's why this gift of Sabbath needs to be embraced, not just as a moment to go to church, but as also a moment that we take what we hear here, that we, that we take this word that we learn, and we go outside, we go beyond the walls, and we take the Sabbath beyond just a couple hours of our morning on Sunday. Work is hard, that's part of our curse, but the awesome, amazing mercy of Jesus that comes from Jesus Christ gives us this gift that is an easy yoke. That's where the gospel is. Now, Jesus does say, the son, so the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. Can we have a relationship with God and be sanctified by Christ alone without doing our regular lawful Sabbath every week? Yes. That's exactly what he's saying. 
But it's also a practice that is something that we really, really need to consider acting upon. And only you in this room, everyone in here has a different reason or, or whatever that you need to practice Sabbath. Everyone will have a different need in their Sabbath. Sometimes you need to take something away to get into closer presence with Christ on a Sabbath day. Maybe your cell phone is a constant distraction. Cell phones are crazy now. I mean, you can get Facebook, and you can get your email, and there's just absolutely no way that people cannot get in touch with you as long as you have your cell phone now. You know, one, one time I, told, I challenged some of my students. I told them, I want you guys to embrace prayer this week, and I want you to turn off your cell phones for 10 minutes a day. Off. O-F-F, off. Turn it off. They freaked out. I mean, they, they spasmed. They couldn't handle it. Ten whole minutes with my phone off? Are you a crazy person? They needed to be in touch. They needed to be, you know, and it's like, you need to be that distracted. Sabbath is a lifestyle. It's not just, it's not just a moment. So maybe you need to turn off the phone. Maybe you know that the computer is your distraction. I know for me, when I'm trying to be productive and I'm on the computer, man, I, even when I'm trying to write my papers, type, 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 I'm going to check Facebook. An hour later, oh, I was doing my paper. <laughs> you know, like, turn off the computer. Maybe turn off your phone. Only you know what's really needed to get into a closer presence with God. I know, sorry, I know what I needed. You know, I need family. That's just part of it. One of the uh, most important texts that have just been pounding at my heart for the past year has been Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And I've been coming back at it all the time. But we've all heard it because we, we in this church worked on this about a year ago or so. We really embraced the Shema. And it's calling to bring the word of God to our homes with our families. And by the way, that's some of the youth tie-in this morning is how can you maybe take this Sabbath thing and tie it in with your family? You're all going to learn. Me as a youth pastor, I'm all about family integration. Oh, yeah. Whether you like teenagers or not, you're all going to deal with them. (laughs) And I encourage you to love them because they're amazing. Um, But I knew that for me, with school and with ministry and with everything else, I was in desperate need of family for part of my connection with God. So I make a rule every year. I've always gone to this certain event with all the men in my family. It's called the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. If you've been in Southern California long enough, you've probably heard of the event. But for my family, it's a huge deal, not because of the race, 
but because it's a time where we as generations make sure we always see each other every year. My cousin Randy works on a ship (coughs) that travels all over the world. I mean, this guy... He's got pictures from Dubai. He's got pictures from Singapore. He's, I mean, and he's constantly. I've, I suddenly get an email from him and say, hey, buddy, just checking in with the family. I'm in Singapore. I'll be in Dubai tomorrow. I don't even know how that's even possible, but he does it. And, but he tries to schedule his ships so that he flies to Southern California for this event so that he can see his dad. That's how we treat this event. And so for me this year, it was a Sabbath need. I knew that I needed that time. That time with family in a godly way. So, um, God worked in crazy ways at this race this year. Um, I randomly decided to get connected with the chaplain of IndyCar. And I turned out getting a credential that got me access to the pits and the garage, the media center, all the drivers. As long as I had the ministry, I, had a, I actually had a IndyCar ministry Matthew Sparaza credential that said I was on, I was on call. If, if a driver needed a prayer, I had to jump on it. But that's what I was doing. And uh, Pastor Bob Hills granted me one more credential, so I got it from my dad. It was his 60th birthday last week, so it just fit, you know. You got to, I mean, Pastor Bob said, how's your dad involved in ministry? I said, he used to drive me to all of my guitar lessons. Um, but, but he's also support. So my dad got to meet his favorite driver of all time, Bobby Rahal, and, and I got to lead worship in the media center for the driver and crew member chapel in the morning. I didn't even know they had a chapel, and it's open to the public. If that's not God showing you that he can actively move by actually taking a Sabbath mindset and working in it in mysterious ways, I don't know what is. I decided to take this weekend and say, I'm not going to do homework I'm not going to worry about stuff. I'm going to spend time in some scripture and with my family. And look what God did. Sabbath does things. It changes things. How can you make some of this happen? Where's your Sabbath life at? When was the last time you really took such a a needed day of rest with God and really reflected on what are my needs? What, What am I missing in my relationship with God? Do I pray? Do I read scripture? Do I spend time with the right people in my life? That Christ is indelved into your life. That's what Sabbath is all about. So it's, it's not a day to do nothing. 
I definitely did more than nothing that weekend. It was pretty awesome. And I even, what's really cool is I even experienced church on it. That was always my biggest worry was whenever I'd go on this getaway with my family is we don't go to church because, I mean, it's on a Sunday morning. But God showed me, it's like, hey, there is church. You got an option. Take a look. Explore this Sabbath idea this week. I encourage you, please, prayerfully, all week, think about, Lord, where do I need the rest What do I need to take away or what do I need to add to truly experience you? To truly have Christ in my heart. To show that Jesus called for this this mercy, this love that's in Sabbath. This required mercy and love that's in Sabbath. How can I have it? How can it be there? Let us pray. Jesus, we ask you for rest. Lord, we come before you just opening our hearts to you so that we can truly learn and understand what is it within us that is either lacking or that that's too much, that's keeping us away from you, that's either distracting us from you or just is not there to be connecting us to you. Lord, I ask you to bless each and every one of us as we look at Sabbath this week. How can we practice it? In your loving name, amen. When I knew it was Youth Sunday and I wanted to choose a particular song that might be helpful, it was really hard to come up with a hymn that might just be able to fit the youth. But I remembered the words to this song because I, re- I sang it as I was growing up. I did it a little bit different because we're going to sing it to the tune of Danny Boy. But, um, but to remember that this particular song was sung at Princess Di's funeral by Elton John. So it'll be interesting for you to... P- Remember the words as you sing them and put them to your life and see if it fits for yourself. I would be true for there are those who trust me. I would be pure for there are those who care. I would be strong, for there is much to suffer. I would be brave, for there is much to dare. I would be a friend of all the foe, the friendless. I would be giving and forget the gift. I would be humble for I know my weakness. I would look up and laugh and love and lift. I would be learning day by day the lessons. 
My heavenly Father gives me in his word. I would be quick to hear his lightest whisper. I would be prompt and glad to do the things I've learned. I would be prayerful through each busy moment. I would be constantly in touch with God. I would be tuned to hear His slightest whisper. I would have faith to keep the path Christ trod. Would you like to stand and sing this song with me? All is well. He lowers us to raise us so we can sing his praises. 